Hey, kicker, what do you mm. call an exploding monkey? I don't know, what do you call an exploding monkey? Ba-boom! Oh, monkey, monkey! Oh, yeah, let's go, let's go!
Konnichiwa and welcome to the Trust the Wizards podcast. My name is Chirizo Garbanzo and over there, socially distanced via Skype, we have Mr Kicker of Elves. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Yeah. That was good, wasn't it? That was very good, yeah. There was some good monkeying around there. Well, what was yeah. it? Well, that's the that's the uh, the Japanese band, um, Sakuran Zensen, uh-huh. um, from their, their new album, which I have got on import. You, you won't be surprised to know it's on import. It, uh, but I don't, I'm not quite sure what the album's called. I think it's called We Are Sakuran Zensen. But it's... Yep. Uh, it's, it's it's written in uh, little little squiggly bits. Kanji scripts. Kanji. Can, yeah. I don't know if it's kanji or the other one. But uh, luckily, luckily in, in our house, there's a, a Japanese speaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kika Jr. has translated the whole thing for me. And uh, so that song is called uh, Monkey Oh Monkey. Ah, um, yep. Which was the only word that actually they did red, say monkey. They said monkey. I've heard monkey a few times. Yeah. They said red. I think they said monkey red at some point because the the chorus is she's painting the night sky bright red. She's painting the monkeys bright red, which I don't think we're necessarily in favour of. Um, that that sounds a little bit un, unnecessary. Yeah, it, sounds, uh, it sounds suspiciously like animal cruelty to me. Well, exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, thank you very much to Kicker Junior for for translating. I, I will actually on the on the the blog. I'll put the the lyrics um, in case anyone wants to sing along, um, both in Japanese and and in English. Trust the results. I miss the days of going into a, a old fashioned record shop uh, where you could just um, root through a whole bin full of. Uh, crappy promos and stuff like that that some local radio DJ had had binned, uh, mm. and you could pick them up like CDs for a quid or or less than that. Uh, these days, I mean, it's great that the vinyl revival has taken off, but buying cheap CDs, actual in person, is actually very difficult these days. Those shops don't seem to, you know, the record shops have, you know, very expensive records, uh, mm. both old and new. But just being able to leaf through a whole bunch of old promos, uh... I think you're looking in the wrong place. I I, I know uh, because um, our our pal Jan Burnett, yes, uh, out of uh, Spare Snare, yeah, he's, he's got a, on on Facebook. He's got a a page uh, which is all about getting CDs from Poundland. You all right? Yeah, uh, and I think they must be. A pound, right? That's the whole point of Poundland. Well, well, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's uh, the trade subscriptions actually be after them if they're charging more well, than a pound for things. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's where you need to go rather than the record shop. But anyway, can, yeah. can carry on. I'm yeah. trying to interrupt you. But anyway, a few years ago, uh, I, I think it was in one of those uh, Piccadilly Records or one of those ones on in 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 near Piccadilly Station in Manchester. Uh, what I used to love doing is just buying something for a quid. You know absolutely nothing about. Um, you could pick up a few clues from the cover, maybe from the label, maybe from the track listing. And I bought this CD, uh, which is called Country Music by Vision Fortune. And it, the cover is a kind of a picture of a sort of remote building. Uh, and the song, it was clearly on an indie label. And there was a little write-up on the back, which didn't give a, give a lot away. But I thought, well, it's called Country Music. It's probably some kind of Americana type thing. Uh it's a quid. Let's give it a listen. Absolutely. Anyway, I took it home, uh, played it. It definitely isn't Americana. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what it is. Um, 
But it was in, one thing it was, was intriguing. And at first I really didn't like it, but I decided, right, I wasn't just going to put it on the discard pile. And, and not, I thought, no, there's, there's something here. There's something here. So it, it, it bears repeated listening. So mm. I, and, I, and that was about four or five years ago. So well, you really have, told it off. I mean, I'm, I can't wait to hear it now. Well, I have listened to it. I mean, you probably hate it. And listener, <laughs> you'll probably hate it because it's the first time you've heard it. But uh, I suggest you go and check them out some more. Um, yeah. it, this 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 song is is called Habitat, and it's it's kind of weird because some of the album is instrumental, and some of them some of it's not. I'd say about half and half. This one kind of uh, is the first half of it. It's almost like two songs. This bit, this is one you're going to hear. The first half of it is instrumental, and the second half of it's got some vocals in it, and it's almost like a completely separate song. What they what I find absolutely fascinating about this album is the drums because the drums sound like sort of kind of like almost half recorded badly recorded off kilter slightly out of time drums uh which <laughs> talking it up again aren't you which have been kind of looped or maybe they're played live but uh, and they're slightly off the beat and slightly behind the beat uh and it reminds me a bit of the phasing in, in that Steve Reich and uh, Steve Reich developed in in some of his stuff the way it kind of goes slightly behind the beat and different parts of it go out of sync with each other uh anyway See what you think. This is Vision Fortune and the song's called Habitat.
So that was the band Koriki from their self-titled album, debut album, which has come out that this year, uh, with a song that both Mrs. Garbanzo and Mrs. O'Elves will be able to relate to. That was a song called Too Many Husbands. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's, uh, it's a, it's, I, I would, wouldn't be at all surprised if some of our listeners, uh, on hearing the first 10, 15 seconds of that, thought, ooh, that's a sound I recognise. And they, they may well have said it sounds a bit like Fugazi. And uh, they'd be right because uh, two members of Fugazi are on this album, um, Ian Mackay and Amy Farina, who was singing and playing the drums on that, and Ian Mackay, obviously the guitar player. Um, I, th- I think they probably, more than one person sings on that. But anyway, it's a great album and uh, highly recommended. You can get it through their band camp. Um, and I think I might be playing a song of theirs later on in the year. Wouldn't be at all surprised. Oh, in, in your best of the year, maybe. Yeah, yes. maybe. Oh, a little teaser there. Uh, it's coming around fast, isn't it? We're nearly end of September. Yeah, um, yeah before that, uh, that was Habitat from the album Country Music. Um, some parts of that remind me, that not just that song, but the whole album, with the way the rim shots are and the way the drum beats are, and the drum beats almost sound like there's something missing, like some emphasis missing it somewhere in the rhythm. Reminded me a bit of dub reggae. Mm. Uh, but also, it doesn't sound like dub reggae, though, does it, really? I mean, it sounds... More like dub reggae than it does country music. That, that is true, yes. Um, it also sounds a little bit like the harmonium parts remind me of, 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 sort of Nico solo stuff and the drumming in, in parts with the rib shots and, and also the lots of heavy use of the tom-toms reminds me of Adam and the Ants. And, and then when the vocals are in, it sounds a bit more pastoral, folky, and almost like um, that Scottish band who I'm never sure how to pronounce, T-U-N-N-G. Dong! Dong, yes, or Beak, or some more contemporary bands like that. But it doesn't sound anything... So it reminds me of all those things, while simultaneously sounding absolutely nothing like any of those things. <laughs> no, it's, it, I, I thought it was, was quite intriguing. It's, it certainly w- would be an album I'm interested in hearing more of. I think, I think I can see why it grows on you as well, because it, it is a little bit 
out there, a little bit outre, I think they, they say in, in France. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, I think there's, there's something very interesting about it. Yeah. Good. You're listening to the Fluster Wizards podcast. Kick out the gams, mummy lovers. So talking as we were of bands uh, who sound quite a lot like other bands, um, <laughs> uh, someone on Twitter uh, recently was uh, discussing a certain band, I won't say who, and they said, are there any other bands who sound like them? And I piped up saying, well, I bought this single a few years ago um, mm. called Yorkshire, and it's by a Scottish band called Four Able, F-O-R, new word, A-B-E-L. And this sounds a hell of a lot like that band. I'm not going to say which band it is, and then afterwards we'll see if uh, if you, listener, or if you, kicker, can tell me which band you think this sounds a lot like. So I reckon this... I'm going to get in there before the listener. Yeah, well, you're going to hear it before them, aren't you? Because yes, you're hearing true. it now, and the, yeah. the listener's not going to get to hear it for another week or so. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so it's it's it isn't, this could be for your um, your player. Leeds hey. United's got a player, haven't they? Um, They've Ab- got plenty of players, actually. Yeah, but there's one called Abel. Hey. Look, the band are called... For the song's called Yorkshire and the band are called yeah. Four Able. A B E L. Able. Yeah. You've got yeah. a the first name of the guy plays no. for you lot. We haven't got I mean all our all our players are able. Yeah. But, yeah, but not, we haven't got I'm not sure about Bamford. <laughs> well, I'm but, sorry, have you have you not been following modern football? He's he's a devastating finisher. Well anyway, um Able um, Hernandez guy Hernandez we have got a Hernandez but his name is Pablo well who's, I think you're, who's you're Abel Hernandez there's an Abel Hernandez who's he you're confusing you're, you're confusing play for Pablo Hernandez with Abel I think he played for Hull ah okay yeah uh, and uh, well that, that's in Yorkshire right no that's in Humberside and we don't count them okay alright well anyway this is not dedicated to anyone whose second name is Hernandez, but it's the band For Able with their song Yorkshire.
to me that that sounds exactly like a Yorkshire institution. That's uh, a bit like the wedding present, wouldn't you say? It's uh, Well, it's very much like the wedding present. Uh, it's, it's And specifically one particular wedding present song, <laughs> yes. uh, which is Kennedy, one of their, one of their finest... Uh, yeah, I mean, the song structure, the strumming pattern, <laughs> the whole lot. I mean, the I mean moment... if you're going to rip a song off, you may as well rip off a good one, right? In, indeed, yeah, indeed. Uh, I think it's deliberate. Uh, I think yeah. they they mentioned 1989 in in the lyrics there. Uh, they call the song Yorkshire as well, don't they? So. Yeah, yeah. Although technically, uh, people think they're a Yorkshire band. They're formed in Yorkshire, but David uh, Gedge is uh, is from. He's a mank. He's a mank, but yeah, Middleton kind That's of shame. thing. Which is a shame. Anyway, they were talking of Yorkshire. Yes. And talking of Yorkshire. Oh. It's been a while since we've had a quiz. Oh. And a quiz. Kick it, what with you being a proud Yorkshireman, yes. what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you a little test just to see just how much of a Yorkshireman are you. Oh, God, OK. So I've got uh, ten questions is it, is it, here. Are you going to test me on how much money I'm going to spend? No, no, it? no. I've got ten questions about Yorkshire... Well, culture, in a way. Yorkshire culture. All right, all right. OK? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, number one. All right. What would you do with a Sally Lunn? A Sally Lunn? Yeah. <sighs> see, I don't know what a Sally Lunn is. Is it? I would, I would, I would put it on my head. <laughs> it's not a hat. No, you'd eat it. Uh, it's a type of bun, apparently. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds more like Cockney rhyming slang, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. Sally, Sally Lang, mate. Sally Lang, yeah. fruit, fruity yeah. bun. Okay. Right. So, next uh, ne- question two: Can you name two British prime ministers who were born in Yorkshire? Uh, Wilson. Yep. Born in Linthwaite. Yeah. And um, Callaghan. Uh, Was he Yorkshire? I don't think so. No. no. Uh, well, he's not. He's not the one I've got on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue. This guy was born in Morley. Yeah, same as me. Right. So I should know, shouldn't I? Yeah. 
How far back are we going? I don't know. I've never really heard of him. Okay. Is it William Pitt? It's not. It's a guy called Herbert Henry Asquith. Oh, Asquith, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Right, sure. okay. Uh, one point so far. On which day of the year does pace egging take place? Pace egging, I don't know, but I do know that the 1st of August is Yorkshire Day, so I'm going to say 1st of August. It's not 1st of August. It's Easter Sunday, I'm afraid. Pace eggs are eggs that are specially decorated for an Easter festival. It's a centuries-old tradition. The eggs are first wrapped in onion skins and boiled, giving them a golden mottled effect. This is the traditional way of decorating the eggs, although today they are often painted. Okay, right. I think this one's a bit easier. What is a Pontefract cake? Ah, well, I know what a Pontefract cake is. It's uh, licorice. Yes, very good, yeah. Which Yorkshire castle is one of the largest in England and was the childhood home of Richard III? Is it Howard Castle? It's not. It's Middleham Castle. Yeah. Okay. Do I get half a point for naming a Yorkshire castle? Uh, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll give you <laughs> half a point. Um, who was the first woman, and obviously this is a person from Yorkshire, who was the first woman to fly single-handed from Britain to Australia? Mm. Um, I've no idea. Okay. Nope. Uh, it's Amy Johnson. I should have known that, yeah. What is the largest wild animal to be found in Yorkshire? Is it Ian Bird? It's not, but you keep going with that. Maybe you will be right at some point. It's not, it's a red deer, okay? No. Before... Well, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's definite connections there. Redhead, wasn't he, Ian Bird? Yeah. Before Prince Andrew, who was the last Duke of York? Who gives a fuck, honestly? I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't Ian Baird. Was I, it not? I can, I can reveal that. Was it Howard Wilkinson? It was not. No, nor was it Geoffrey Boycott. Um, well, he's the right sort of... Yeah, uh, George the Sixth. it was. <laughs> OK. okay. Yeah. Right, what is special? We're on to question nine now. What yeah. is special about the pub, the Tan Hill Inn, near Brough, or B-R-O-U-G-H? What is special about it? Ah, is it the one that uh, Werewolf in London was filmed in? It, it, I don't think so, No. Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Very much Yorkshire Yeah, because that's got like, a village around it. I think this one probably doesn't. Uh, it's the yeah. highest pub in England. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no. I, I think there's there's plenty of pubs in Liverpool where I now live. Yes. We'll challenge that for yes. uh, certain times of night. Yeah. Um, right. Last question then. This is a. Yeah. F- I'm going to give you three clues to a famous person who's from Yorkshire. Okay. If, if you get it right after the first clue, you get three points. After the second okay. clue, you get two. After the third clue, you get one, OK? So, born 2nd of June, 1946, in Bingley, Yorkshire. I mean, you're not even going to give me... That, that's it, you just give me the date of birth. Yes, and the place. Born uh, in Bingley. Yeah. Is it someone I know? It's a famous person, very famous person from Yorkshire. Very famous person. 40 what? 46. So, so make him 74 now. 74. Are they, are they still alive? Yep. 74-year-old from Bingley. I'll have to rush you. No, I don't know. Okay. Left school age 15, had a series of menial jobs for a decade before working on the production line at the Baird Television Factory in Bradford. And it's not Ian Baird, despite <laughs> the Baird bit. 
So worked on the production line at the Baird Television Factory in Bradford. Yeah. And still alive in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, working is, is, is that a clue working on the television thing is not, it not really is, no. or was it totally irrelevant it's not it's, it, it's, I can't really say no don't know go on okay. I'll try I think you'll get it from this clue okay mm. later on he worked worked as an HGV driver and in 1981 he was convicted of murdering 13 <laughs> women and attempting to murder 7 others uh, he's currently serving a life sentence at Her Majesty's Prison Franklin in yeah. County Durham it's Sutcliffe. That's very good. Well, well done. One point. So in yeah. total, uh, I mean, to be fair, if you're going to choose a famous person from from your home county, do you have to choose the most notorious mass killer? He's very I mean, famous. He is famous. I suppose you couldn't. And, and, and when you say Yorkshire to people outside Yorkshire, it's probably one of the first things they think <laughs> of. <laughs> Him and Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That's not bad. You've got three and a half out of ten. So I would say <laughs> on a scale of, uh, on a scale of um, you know, where, where ten would be Jeffrey Boycott as being the no, most Yorkshire. Jeffrey Boycott is nothing to measure up to. He's a dickhead. I'm saying nothing. But yeah. on a scale of, you know, people from Yorkshire, I think, yeah. you, you know, you're probably doing OK. And I don't live there now, do I? So, no. uh, you know, and... Uh, You've I, not I, lived there in the whole time I've known you. No, well, I haven't lived there for a long... When was I last in Yorkshire? Did I live in Yorkshire more recently than you? 99 was the last time I was there. Okay, because, you know, I'm I'm also a Yorkshireman. I I do know that, and I'm looking forward to doing my my Portsmouth uh, quiz with you (laughs) in in a future. future. I look forward to that too. I'm not from Portsmouth (laughs) either, you know. (laughs) You've been been there, though. I have been there, yes. I think it's time for you to choose a record. Would you like to choose a record from, uh, from my shelves? Okay, so this is the last uh, song for part A, side A of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, we, are, we are very much doing side A's and side B's, aren't we? Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, so I'd like shelf number three, please. Okay, why is that? Uh, well, uh, and from, from shelf number three, I'd like record number nine, please. Okay. Uh, okay well. I'll, I'll tell the listener, while you go and do that, I'll tell you. Right. One of... One of uh, okay. One of uh, QPR's all-time record appearance holders is uh, a man by the name of Ian Gillard, who I've met and is a lovely... I've met him twice, in fact. Lovely man. Played 408 times for QPR and also a few times for England, in the mostly in the 60s and 70s, a little bit in the 80s. Um, very good uh, fullback. And uh, no relation, you may be surprised to hear, to Doug Gillard, uh, formerly of uh, Guided by Voices. They're not related at all. Um... But uh, Kicker is returning. Uh, oh, you nearly got a very good one. Nearly uh, got nearly, a very Well, that's not discouraging. Well, I'll, oh, tell, you what, I'll tell you what you Am- nearly got. How many songs? You have got. There's, no, this is also a very good one as well, but ne- nearly a good one in that... Well, I'll tell you in a minute. All right, yeah. this, one, this has got 12 songs on it. OK, let's have uh, song number... The first song on side two, please. The first song on side two? Oh, well, I'll have to check to see what that is because it just says one for 12 on the back. Ah, sorry. That's all right. Uh, so, first song on side 12 is number seven. This is the band La Sera. Oh, great. I love them. Yeah. And the song is Hold. And can I just tell you, before you hear that, you were one record away from getting the uh, the BBC commentary on the Leeds United Arsenal 1972 Cup final, which only <laughs> had two songs, and it's either the first half or the second half. So, think yourself <laughs> lucky. And here's La Sera with Hold. 
So that was the band La Sera with uh, the song Hole from their debut album, 2011, uh, self-titled album. Uh, that's out on Hardly Art. Hardly Art. Great label. Great label, then. It is a great yeah. label, home of Taco Cat, uh, big yeah. favourites of mine. Um, I don't know that album. I've never heard that album before. I've got a couple of their later albums, the one with the pink cover, Music for, Lis- music for Listening or something like that, it's yeah, called. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that was music, it. Listen, music for Listening to Music 2. That's the one, yes. Yeah, yes. that's a brilliant album. And the one just before that is also fantastic. Power of the Door. That, that one, yes. So those are the two I've got, and I absolutely love them. I don't know why I've never got round to... It's the the main lady in it is is from the Vivian Girls, is that right? I've, is I that, believe, yeah. Is that uh, Kate Katie something? Katie Goodman. I don't know her name, but yeah, but uh, I know she, Vivian Girls. That's right. Yeah, I know she's in the Vivian Girls. We've yeah. played them before. We played a song appropriately enough for us. Uh, we played a song called Ten Headed Goat Wizard, oh. uh, which is so off when that. When did we play that? We played it on podcast number thirty nine. Because I do know that uh, you know exactly when we've played every, any song. Which I is could just recall cool. it off the top of my head. I don't have to yeah. Google it or anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, do, in, the, in the style of um, Bullseye, would you like to hear what you could have won? We've talked about this one now for nearly three weeks. The talking is just about ready to finish. Because in any second now, Mr David Smith, coming from a very quiet village in Gloucestershire, he's anything but quiet, blows his whistle, and we're into this 1972 Cup Final. And in the first five seconds, Alan Clark upends Alan Ball, and we have a free kick to Arsenal just inside the centre circle. Arsenal playing in this first half from right to left as we look down high above the halfway line. Simpson taking the free kick, short square to his left to George Graham. Graham keeping it going left to Bob McNabb. McNabb a one-two with Armstrong, and another one back to Armstrong, picked up by Radford, just outside the Leeds penalty area, trying a square ball. It's picked up by Giles for Leeds, but Ball beats him and turns it square to Graham. Graham finding good space for Arsenal, halfway inside the Leeds half. Tries a reverse ball, but only finds the tall figure of Maidley, who heads it down to Giles. Giles turning, coming towards us, that's to the Leeds right. Downfield to Clark. Clark controls, turns it to his right to Lorimer. Lorimer goes round McNabb, but McNabb rims, brings him down with a thumping tackle. And Mr Smith coming over to have a word with McNabb and looking almost for the moment as if he might put his name in the book. That was a very severe tackle by Bob McNabb. Lorimer down on the floor just inside the uh, Leeds half. And the book, in fact, has come out. Really a sensational start here. And Bob McNabb, the Arsenal left back, is having his name put in the book by Mr. Smith for a very severe tackle on Peter Lorimer, who's still down on the deck. A really quite sensational start. Free kick there to Leeds tonight, about five yards inside the Arsenal half on the right flank of Leeds.